Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. So I, I wanted to start off with a question for you to consider. Um, how, much does, how much does culture affect your worldview? There's a question I want you to think about. And I'll, the follow-up question um, is, is, does culture inform your worldview, inform your thoughts about the world more than Christ does? And I think that if we're honest, most of us would have to at least say maybe to this question. Because when culture is informing our worldview more than Christ, it's very difficult to see in the mirror. It's hard to know. And we typically don't see it and we're self-righteous about whatever we think. Um, We think we're so right and we get angry at people if they tell us that we're wrong. So, uh, if you want to be honest about your worldview, then you have to be, you know, really, we have to do our very best to get back to what God says over and over and over again. We have to do our very, very best. And it has to be a constant fight. Because obviously most of us get, you know, more messages from culture than we do from the Lord. Um, you know, we spend more time watching the news or watching movies or watching talk shows or TV shows or TikTok or, uh, you know, reading blogs or, you know, we spend more time reading those things or watching those things than we do, uh, you know, meditating on the word or meditating on what the Lord wants or asking, you know, other Jesus followers, what do you think God thinks about this? We, we, we spend more time doing those things than we do than, you know, than those things. And so, you know, it's no surprise it would be led more by the culture than by the by the Lord. And it's difficult to escape. It's hard to escape. Quick example. Um, we, we talk about this, you know, every once in a while. In the past, in our country, um, slavery in this country, you know, you know many, many of you guys know that many Christian pastors would, you know, get up in front of their churches and preach the, that slavery was good or slavery was okay. Uh, they would defend slavery. You know, 150 years ago, that was, it was pretty common for that to happen, especially in the South. And part of the reason why they did that or part of the reason why they thought that is that culturally, you know, you, you just been massaged into thinking that this is okay. Um, slavery is good. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Um, and they were being informed more by culture than by the Lord. And now, now here in, you know, whatever, 2021, it's hard for us to, to imagine that people would think that way, but they did. And some of them didn't even know. Some of them didn't even know. Is it possible that that could happen with you? that you could be more informed by culture than by the Lord. And if you're quick to say no on that, it's dangerous, I think. I think that's my opinion. So in this series, uh, we've been reading Titus 2 together, and it's a a request for us to make disciples. Um, Today, I want to talk about an issue that Titus has brought up in Titus 2. I want us to think about it together, and I want us to be sure culture isn't informing us more than the Lord is. Um, And... 
I, I want us to think about this particular issue. And but before I get into that, I, I want to I want to remind us of a few things. So last week I said Paul, you know, the author of this book of Titus, teaches us that you know teaches people what Christ is like. We have to do that with our words and our lives. And pa- Paul specifically gives instructions to older men and older women. And I assume, uh, well, l- let me say this: Paul tells older women, "Hey, listen." Titus urged the, urged the older women to teach the younger women to not be slanderers and gossips and alcoholics. And I, I assume that he brought that up specifically because that was a problem there, um, that, there's, that they were having a problem with that happening. Clearly, whether you're a man or a woman, you shouldn't be a gossiping al- alcoholic, right? But Paul says, teach, Paul tells Titus, teach the uh, older ladies and he says, if they do that, if they, if they teach that, and if in addition to teaching that, they live in a way that honors what God says, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and love their children. And then he goes into what he means by that. What do you, what, what do you think that looks like? And this is what he says. You'll be able to urge the younger women to do this. Be self-controlled. I like, we like that. You're like, yeah, self-control, that's good. Be pure. You on board? We're good, okay, pure. Be busy at home. Oh boy, all right. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> to be kind. You can be, we're, we're good with kind. To be subject to their husbands. How do you feel about that one? So that no one will malign the word of God. So uh, in getting ready for this message, I was talking with my wife about it. uh, And we were talking about, maybe we should just skip this verse. Why don't we skip it and, you know, I could, or I could just gloss over it super quick. I could read through it. And when I read it, everyone's going to be like, ooh, and I don't, or some people will be like, I don't like that. But I won't talk about it. So it won't be a big deal. And we can just keep it going because uh, in, in real life, you know, I can just talk, not talk about submission at all because it's hard. Um, and some of, some of us disagree about it and someone's going to be mad at me and it's just exhausting. So honestly, Let me say that about this, about that idea. I think it's disrespectful to God and to you to skip verses like this, right? Because if I do, if I skip it, it's it's like I'm saying they can't handle hard conversations. Um, They're they're too juvenile for that, so I'll just skip it. Or, or, Or it's like saying, you know what? They, they can't handle this, so I'll keep that information from them. That's something you do for babies, right? That's something you do in the kids' class. When you come, when you come to, the, to the section about prostitutes, we're like, let's skip this for the kids. But we're not babies. So when we come to verses like this, we don't skip them. Because we're adults. So, some of, you, some of you have been here when I've shared my thoughts on this subject before. So, you know, it's, it won't be any surprise what I think about it. So, and that's totally cool. 
Um, but I think it's important for us to think about, you know, to start off thinking about this. Think about, think about why women being asked to submit to men in the Bible is unsettling for most people. When they read it, they find it unsettling. Um, I've shared these before, but I want to share a few statements with you from history. These are super fun. Um, I hope someone records me reading them and then takes them out of context. It'll be awesome. Uh, Aristotle once said this, the female is a female by virtue of a lack of certain qualities. We should regard the female in nature as afflicted with natural defectiveness. Napoleon was reported to have made the following comment. Nature intended women to be our slaves. They are our property. We are not theirs. They belong to us just as a tree that bears fruit belongs to a gardener. Super disturbing statements. That we accept as, you know, the, the culture accepted as a norm at one time. Napoleon get up and stand there. He, was, he wasn't even afraid, probably. He's like, let me tell you something. And everyone probably nodded their head. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he's smart. And even though today most men wouldn't be bold enough to say things like this, women are consistently, consistently, and you, I don't have to, you don't have to, I don't have to tell you this, but women are consistently treated as though they are they're less valued than men always, this obviously is more, far more subtle. We live in a world where ideas like these were normalized at one time and in a culture where we're still kind of recovering from, from ideas like this. So it's no wonder that we find verses like Titus 2.5 unsettling. When we read they were like, ah, I've seen this one before. That's unsettling. Because we, un- we understand the word submission to mean a loss of dignity, a loss of identity, and soul crushing, and bullies. And so, because some men, because men have been, you know, who have been guided more by culture than by scripture, they've used verses like this to dominate the women in their lives. And I would make the case that men who do that, they're not dominated by scripture. They're not, they're not informed by the Lord. They're informed by the people around them and the culture and people like this. And it's awful. And it's awful. And because we've seen male dominance be so awful in our culture, many of us, have responded by saying, okay, well, there's no roles in marriage at all. None. And if you think that, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I, and I, I think that in many cases, it comes from a place of, of compassion and justice and love. And so I get that. I get that. But, but let, me, let me just say this again. You know, think this. Let me just say this, though. Let me just say this. Over here, you've got this ugly, super awful male dominance. And then we swing over here to say, no roles at all. And I think that removing all roles in marriage is a strong response that I think we should be careful about. And just because men have grossly misused verses like like. Titus 2.5 to support cultural norm of male dominance does not mean that God intended there to be no roles 
in marriage. Um, and as humans, and you know this, you know this, as humans, we are so vulnerable to extremes. Swing and pendulum all the way to one side or another to correct wrongs we've seen in the past. You see this all throughout history. And I think that we're tempted to do it in this context. To help us avoid extremes, let me share a couple ideas. So, um, different roles in marriage never mean unequal value. In our in, in culture, so if you're informed by culture, different roles mean different values. But if you're informed by Christ, different roles never mean different value. Listen to this. Faith in Christ Jesus is what makes each of you equal with each other, whether you are a Jew or a Greek, a slave or a free person, a man or a woman. And this is infinitely important and we can't appreciate how mind-blowing it was when, when, when the author stood up and said this out loud. It was mind-blowing for them because everyone knew slaves were not as valuable as their masters. Slaves were nothing. That's what gave you permission to treat them the way you treat them. And everybody knew that women were property. And for this to be said, culture told people that slaves were not as valuable as masters and men were more valuable than women. And this author says, culture doesn't inform me. I don't care, I don't care what you guys say about this. Here's what God says. Here's what God says. And people's minds would have been blown and people would have been mad. People would have been super angry. The author of this verse, um, his name is Paul. He never intended, he never intended this verse to mean equal value means there are no roles. So and let me let me let me let me just say this with a couple couple of quick examples. In our church, um, my friend Rex and my friend Michael are the elders here. And so if you're a part of our church family, then we submit to them. We follow their lead. Them being elders or leaders in our church doesn't mean they have more value than us. And if you thought that, they'd be the first ones to tell you, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. That's not how it works. But they, we have different roles. In Jesus' relationship with his father, there were roles and submission. If you look close in the New Testament, you look close in the Gospels, you see over and over, there are, there are roles between Jesus and his father. And Jesus consistently puts himself in submission to his father's will. And the roles are God is the father and Jesus is the son. And, and, and we would say that means submission in those roles. And if you look, you see Jesus doing that. And what we say that Jesus' submission to the Father makes him less valuable in some way? Of course not. Jesus is equal to God. And that's, that's spelled out all throughout the Gospels. When Paul says faith in Christ makes you equal, he doesn't remove the importance of values, even though it's attempting to remove roles and submission from the marriage relationship. It doesn't sit right with me when I read the Bible. Um, and as, as uncomfortable as it is for me, throughout the New Testament, there are many requests for wives to submit. Um, let me read to you some of them. And if they're unsettling to you, we're in good company. They're, all, they're unsettling to all of us, so it's okay. Um, 
The one we just read. Urged the younger women to be subject to their husbands. Titus 2, 4 through 4 and 5. That's our verse from today. But also, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Um, in Colossians, um, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting to the Lord. With all these, all these constant requests for submission, I'm not comfortable with, with blowing them off as unimportant or only cultural commands. And, and there are some Bible scholars who have done work to explain away submission in marriage. And honestly, I don't find them very convincing. Um, that's, that's my opinion. Um, and it often feels like, like it, what it feels like to me is revising a verse versus meaning to accommodate where our culture is at right now. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I am convinced. So uh, my friend Rob and I were talking about this. All of us are going to get to heaven, you know, heaven one day. You're going to be standing there before the Lord. And he's going to be like, you was wrong about a whole bunch of junk. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk that. Let's start the list. He's going to like roll down the aisle. And you think about, think about if you guys read the Gospels, think about how all the people thought Jesus was going to be like when he showed up. And when he showed up, he was nothing like what they thought he would be. And then we read the Bible and we think we're convinced we've got it all right. We all, yeah, we know. We, those guys had the, 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 the Old Testament memorized. And they were still grossly wrong. So what I'm betting is I'm going to be grossly wrong about a whole bunch of things. And I can be wrong about this. So... I'm putting that out there. But let me say this. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask this. Let me ask this and have you consider this. If God did intend for there to be roles and submission in marriage, how else could he have told us? Like, if we get to heaven and, God's, and God asked us, why didn't you support biblical submission in marriage? And we said, well, um, I, I just didn't think that you meant for that command for us. And his response is this. His, his response is this. What else could I have said to make it clear that's what I wanted? Like, what, what, how else could I have communicated it so that you would say, Okay, that's something I'll do. We should all answer that question. You should all think about that question. If God does intend roles in submission in marriage, then, then in what way would he need to communicate it to us in order for us to believe it? So... Let me read this to you. Paul goes on. Um, Paul is the author of most of the, you know, not a lot of the New Testament, I'll say that. And um, he goes on in a, in, a, in a letter to a group of people called Ephesians to explain roles in marriage. And Paul begins with this. He says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we should pause there and not ignore this because this verse has been ignored by males all throughout Christian history. Don't let yourself ignore that. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. His body, of which he is Savior now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, this begins with everybody submit to everybody. Husbands submit to your wives. Wives submit to your husbands. Everybody submit to everybody. So start with that. 
then Paul spells it out more. He says, let me talk about the different kinds of submission that we're going to talk about here in marriage. So husbands, um, you're the head of the wife, like Christ is head of the church. And what that means is you find out what, what her needs are and submit to her by giving your life to make them happen. Headship doesn't mean you get to be a bully. Headship doesn't mean domination. Headship doesn't mean bossing people around. Um, it means take initiative. It means be invested. In pastor world, this is constant conversation. Women often bring up how they struggle to have the males in their lives take initiative and be invested in their family. Over and over and over again. We should pause and say, I wonder why that is. And I wonder why God would say, hey, this is what I'd like from you. Wives, submit to your husbands means you voluntarily look for ways to elevate your spouse. Voluntarily is a very important word. In in humility, value him above yourself. So submission is not agreeing on everything. It's not turning off your brain. It doesn't mean shutting up and just being quiet um, or or that men get to do all the talking at the family devotions. Um, It doesn't mean that the person that you're submitting to is better or smarter or more talented than you. Um, You might be better. You might be better. God knows that all of us in our lives have to submit to people who we are better at things than they are, right? We do that all the time. We do it all the time. Submission, listen to this. Submission is the divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and to help carry it through according to her gifts. When, when Paul asks women to submit to their husbands, that is what he means. And when we do this right, it's a beautiful picture of how Christ loves us. So marriage should be a submission competition. I'm starting in my marriage. I'm going to take the lead and submit first. And then my wife submits to me. And I'm like, no, no, no. Mm -mm. How low can you go? And we make it a submission competition. Pastor and author Matt Chandler says it this way. He says, a husband sacrificially loving his wife And a wife submitted to her godly husband creates a relationship that the world would never look at and say, how disgusting and archaic. In fact, they would probably say the opposite. So traditional readings of Titus 2.5 represent a power move by men to dominate their spouses. And if Paul or Titus were alive today, seeing that gone, he'd get up there and he'd say, stop it. Stop it right now. I will come to your house. 
Don't you dare use God as permission or an excuse to be a bully or a jerk. He would invite us to a kind of submission to one another. And the ways that we submit to one another would look different because we have different roles. But when love and headship and submission in relationships are expressed the way that Christ expressed himself to the church, it gives us a beautiful picture of how our relationships should go on this earth. And and, and the word of God can't be maligned or ridiculed or dishonored. So if you remember the verse that that we're, we're, we're talking about today, it says, older women urge the younger women, older women urge the younger women to do these things, submit to their husbands. And when they do that, the word of God won't be able to be maligned. I want you to think about that for a second. The word of God is, uh, everyone's, uh, maligned is like ridiculed, that's awful, or that's stupid. And the reason why that happens is this. The reason why that happens is this. Men have taken submission to mean something awful, and then the rest of us say, well, we're out. Instead of saying, let me show you. Let me show you what he meant by that. And let me make it so freaking beautiful that nobody can ridicule the word of God now because I'm saying this is what he meant. And everyone's like, oh, that's good. That's good. That's what Paul means when he's asking people to do this so that nobody can, nobody can be unsettled by the word of God. No one can malign the word of God. No one can put down the word of God. So if you want to, if you want to go into this more, learn more details about roles in marriage, I got a couple books I'd recommend to you. So the meaning of marriage by Tim Keller, um, Tim Keller, if you don't know him, just off the charts, super smart, just, just great. Um, the Intermingling of Souls by Matt Chandler, super great. Uh, yeah. So, um, what I like to do now, uh, for those of you guys who are listening online, if you have questions or things that you you uh, want to talk with me about, that's great. If you if you're upset by something I've shared, then you could totally reach out to me. I we can get together and talk about it. Uh, I love. What, I love what Chris, Chris uh, and, and Johannes led today. Listen. You are my people. We, we, are, we are each other's people. So even if, you, even if you don't like what I said, or even if we disagree, or even if you're mad at me, or whatever, okay. Anybody who, if you're together long enough with people, that's going to happen. But you and I, we decide nothing's going to come between us. And that's what, that's what Jesus Christ intended. So if you'd, if you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're coming from online, uh, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray. And then uh, we're going to end the online stream. And then uh, I want to have a short conversation, uh, like 10 minutes or whatever, with those of you guys who are here in person. Um, and then... Uh, You'd be free to go. So um, those of you guys who are here, sit tight. And then um, let me pray for those of you guys who are joining us online. Um, <clears throat> dear Father, 
There's so, there, there are things in your word that are clear, crystal clear, that, uh, that we have no question about. Help us to execute those things. Help us to live up to those things. Help us to live our lives, making those things happen. Um, and then there are things that are in your word that we don't always agree about. We can't always, you know, we can't figure out, we don't have, you know, we know there's no clarity around it for, for this, this particular culture. Um, I pray that you would help us, one, to be one, to be unified, even, even if we can't come to conclusions. And you help us to be uh, gracious with one another. Help us to understand that all of us are flawed and every one of us is going to be wrong about something that we think about you. And so help us to, be, to, to start with that mindset. I might be wrong. Then, Lord, uh, I, I pray that you'd help us to come to the truth. What is the truth? What, what, what thing do you want us to know? And how can we use it at the end of the day to glorify you in the most powerful way so that no one can malign the word of God. Help us to live up to that, that kind of standard. Live in ways so that no one can say anything bad about you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.